Follow Cape Talk on Twitter at Cape Talk. We are going to be chatting about helping animals threatened by climate change, uh, habitat loss, and and poaching. And as the world expands, uh, you know, as as the world expands and things become quite different, and uh, and and. and and more and more demands are placed on the land for farming, land for for housing, land for other things. You know, we we tend to forget. And if we we look around the world, uh, and we look locally and domestically uh, in this particular country, there are a number of endangered species. Now, if you look at the uh, the African penguin, for instance, which is just right here on our doorstep, endemic to the coast of uh, southern Africa, the African penguin has been listed as endangered on the UICN red list uh, of threatened species and climate change, uh, things like oil spilling, pollution, uh, food scarcity because of overfishing and diseases are taking a deadly toll and it's actually getting worse, not only here, but internationally. So we've invited the Executive Director of Animal Survival International, David Barrett, to chat to us this morning. David, a very good morning to you and welcome to Cape Talk. Good morning, Zane. I, I watched uh, quite a bit of the um, the sort of uh, the struggle of the the African penguin, um, you know, in in the Simonstown area at Boulders Beach, um, and and the endangering of this particular species. And uh, but this is a this is a phenomenon that we need to grab hold of, and this is a phenomenon that we need to start taking care of now if we don't want to lose a number of the species, isn't it? I think that one of the things that you learn very fast when you work in any uh, organization that tries to help animals is that the situation caused by climate change and habitat loss is far worse than most of us even dream of. Uh, African penguins are really in trouble. We work closely with the Addo National Park up in the Eastern Cape, and they have penguin colonies which are threatened, their very survival is threatened. And uh, a Cape Town organization called Sankob does excellent work um, evacuating the penguins. We help when we can. But it's a constant yearly battle just to keep those populations even vaguely viable. But if you look at the big picture, it's getting terrifyingly worse. Cape Townians have had first-hand experience of what it's going to be like in the future if we don't get a grip on what's happening. And uh, that was, of course, that terrible, terrible drought. Uh, um, People don't quite get that the drought doesn't just affect human beings, it affects all the animals as well. So we are really in trouble. Um, If I may divert just quickly from Cape Town, where I live and where... I feel there's so much more that we could be doing here. We're working up in Kenya, in the northeastern Kenya, in a place called Wajir. And there, the climate change-affected drought is so dire that hundreds of thousands of animals are literally dropping dead, searching for water. We had a team there last year. Uh, trying to build, uh, trying to bring emergency water supplies in. And there was one example that will live with me for a very, very long time. If a baby giraffe managed to get to the water eventually after God knows how many days of trekking with his family and literally died while 
one of our team was trying to feed him water. It's catastrophic, Zane. Mm. Um, we have a, a number of things, and especially in the Cape Town areas, we talk about fire. We talk about uh, you know our recent droughts, and uh, and uh, but these are all you know um, uh, uh, sort of natural disasters when you come to to drought and fires. Um, what do we need to look at, and how preventable are are, are these things uh, when we start taking it into our own hands and saying to ourselves? This is caused by us. Deforestation is caused by us because we're looking at at stripping bark or we're looking at, for instance, you, you know, uh, using the wood for other particular products. And, 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 and when you look at, in the rural areas, people use firewood. And then especially on the African continent, people use wood and chop down trees to use that as firewood in order to, to cook and to do other things uh, in and, uh, and around. So how do we bring about that change? How do we change ourselves to actually assist with this? Well, you bring two, two separate things. Let me deal with the one thing quickly. The, the impact of people burning down trees is another catastrophe and is a terribly difficult problem to solve because, as you said, there are no, they, the people do not have alternative uh, sources. Um, one small thing that we're trying to do, it's small only because, you know, we need more money. But uh, and again, it's in Kenya where what's happening there, people have burned so much of the forest that the elephants are being denied their habitat and go closer to human habitation and then they get poached or killed. So we've t- we've partnered with a Kenyan company, and we're pl- we're planting thousands and thousands of trees. It's a not a normal tree planting exercise. Uh, we sprinkle seeds protected by a, a residue from helicopters into the denuded areas, and when it rains, the the rain washes away the residue and leaves the seeds to regenerate. I don't know how practical that is in South Africa, but it's an example of something that is practical can be done. And I'm so glad you raised it, Zane, because deforestation is an incredible problem. And again, to answer your second part of your problem, I, in my experience, ordinary people way ahead of our governments and authorities. And let me give you an example in Cape Town. In Norto, there's a group of toads, a very few leopard toads. They're almost the last in the world. They live in these tiny little habitats. Well, the city of Cape Town wants to drive a road right through their last remaining habit and destroy their pond. And we are helping an admirable group called the Nordhook Environmental Action Group to take the Cape Town authorities to court to stop them doing this because they want to have a road and a housing development and they just don't care about the toads. And you could say, well, who cares about toads? They're just a few animals, but they're an indicator species. If you take them out, then you're going to have a knock-on effect right up the food chain. And it, it gets even worse because there's this huge hypocrisy. If you go onto the Cape Town website, you'll see a little article saying how how endangered leopard toads are and how important they are as an indicator species. But this is the very same body 
that's trying to destroy them. So we have to wake up and we have to tell our, you know, we are the people. We the people government. We get the government we de deserve. Oh, well, in, in some cases, maybe we don't quite deserve some of the things that are happening <laughs> in South Africa. Yeah. I'm allowed to say that. I am South African. Um, and I, I think that the, the ordinary people must chivy their, the authorities. I mean, I don't think the people, the authorities in Cape Town are bad people. They're just not understanding the problem. They're quite happy to wipe out an endangered species to build a road that there's an alternative to. That is an example of what needs to change. It's like we've got to wake up. It's a real problem. And it's a problem that's going to destroy us. It's going to destroy our way of life and our children's way of life. We've got to act now. Mm. It's, it's really, really bad, Zane. I know that I would come onto the radio as an animal person and say it's bad, but one of the things I've learned after six years in this job is it's worse than we think. David Barrett chatting to us this morning, Executive Director of Animal Survival International. David, that brings me to my next question and, uh, you know, um, a number of people. And, and, and it, it's actually left up to activist groups like, the, you know, this Nuatu group to bring about awareness and to create that awareness. I think there's also some endangered species at the Kenilworth Racecourse, for instance, uh, also in terms of toads and, and, and frogs and stuff. But... Where do we start? Whose accountability and whose oversight is this? Where do we actually start? Do we start from the government structures or is it just basically us that need to catch the wake up call because the government just basically, well, we'll put a road through there. And, and certainly they should have done research first to find out. Uh, and, and if it, a few toads just does, doesn't matter to the city, then certainly the planning has not been done correctly. Well, I think I, I think that our court, the court action. I was going to say our court action, but we are merely supporting Niag in their fight. But the court action is going to take place soon. But uh, they, it's really extraordinary because the council's made up of human beings, just like you and me, and their their lives will be as badly affected by us wiping out wildlife and changing the climate as anybody else. But they seem to be so short-sighted that they don't do anything about it. The, the buck stops with the government, but you, when you have a minister of the environment or minister, when you're fighting a minister of tourism who wants to spend a billion rand on sponsoring Tottenham Hotspur, when a billion a billion rand could probably save uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of uh, animals uh, in South Africa, you've got to ask where your priorities are. And if they want to say, well, it's because we can promote tourism, well, they're going to, tourism will be promoted as long as we've got animals to show tourists. And that's not going to happen if we kill them all. But I did go down a rabbit hole, and I apologize. <laughs> what I wanted to tell you is the way we can do it is pressure the government. And they're very hard to pressure. And the local authorities are, we're not the worst off place in the Western Cape. There are some signs of life within the, 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 the city administration. But 
they just aren't taking it seriously. They just don't. It, it's not a priority for them. Now, I understand. I do understand that we've got people living in abject poverty. I live in Constantia, just a few clicks away from me, just over the road. There are people with open sewage running down the streets. Now, that's got to be a priority for people. But we have to balance it. And we've got to look after the environment. Environment, and we've got to look after the animals. Uh, and one other example, we've been fighting to help caracals that live on Table Mountain for several years. Now, we're not asking for the moon, Zane. Mm. We I, want I, warning signs. Yeah. I've had a look at this, and, and, and this this is the uh, the other part of the argument, you know, um, with, with the caracals, for instance, David, is that, is that all you're basically asking is to be putting up road signs, a simple thing like a road sign saying, you know, that there are caracals crossing and that people should be aware of it. And, and if a caracal mother is destroyed by a car, um, what happens to those babies who are left then to fend for themselves? They die, they, they die. And all we're asking is a, for a roadside. You'd think we were asking for the moon. Uh, they, they just, it, they're obdurate. They stand in our way. They won't let us do it. There are national laws that have got to be obeyed. So, okay, we'll obey the laws. There's a process that's got to be followed. Okay, we'll, we'll follow the process. But nobody get, it never gets anywhere. It's always too difficult or they're too busy or the official's not there or the guy who was doing it last week is not the guy doing it this week. And it's just because they're not taking this seriously. They probably, when they hear us coming, they probably heave a sigh and say, oh, not them again, bothering about a few caracals. But that's the problem. There are only a few caracals. They're a priceless heritage for Cape Town. And all we want to do is put up road signs, warning people to be careful when they cross their, their cross the main roads. And they do. We, we know where they go. We know where they cross. It's not rocket science. We can help. If the, if the city of Cape Town got behind us, worked with us to get those signs done, I, I guarantee we could do it in a year, but they won't or they don't. David Barrett chatting to us, Executive Director of Animal Survival International, and we're chatting about the fact that uh, you know animals are threatened by climate change, they are threatened by habitat loss, they are threatened by poaching, they are threatened by just plain and simply the fact that we need to put up a few road signs telling people uh, you know, that there are caracal crossing, or just a road sign saying animals crossing here. Uh, you know, because very often people build in an area uh, and they wonder why the snakes are actually coming into their property. But the snakes were there before you actually built that house of yours. David, what, what is the solution and, and where can our listeners and people listening to me now, um, where, where can they find out more details and, and assist in this particular way? Well, um, a first step would be to visit our website, animalsurvival.org. That you, anybody who wants to get a bit of a better picture would do that, would, would be able to get more information from there. Um, and support, support our efforts. One of the things we've got to do is realize we're on our own. We've got, it, we're not going to be able to wait for common sense to prevail amongst the politicians. Uh, I think that could be a very long wait. 
we, we have to do it ourselves. And what we try to do is be practical. And if the government and the municipalities and the uh, Western Cape government won't do it, then we will. We'll do as much as we possibly can. Um, people can support us um, by following us and sharing our information. And of course, we we can't. We don't get any money from government. Uh, we just we completely rely on animal lovers and people who are concerned about the climate change issue to donate to us, which they can very easily do on our website. And in, in fact, because I knew I was coming on the radio this morning and because I thought, well, maybe somebody wants to help this morning, I could um, give you a, a, a once-off local telephone number that if anybody wants to donate or get more information this morning, they can do that. Could I give you that number, Yes, Zane? please do, David. Uh, it, the person they would speak to is Justine, who's very charming, 72 she may not be uh, able to help with every query or every uh, every piece of information you want, but she will certainly uh, help and point and explain and give you in, give them information that will help them help us help the animals. Uh, and Zane, honestly, it it really is a, a massive problem. It I, I want that's the message I want to get across this morning. We are facing with probably the greatest crisis that generations for generations, and we can do something about it. Organizations like Animal Survival International can do something about it. But we need the government to be on our side. We need the authorities to realize that this isn't something that they have to pay attention to. And the way we can do that is by pressuring them and doing it ourselves. That, that's the answer. Doing it ourselves is the immediate short-term solution. We'll do whatever we can to help animals affected by climate change. We're just one organization. In the long term, we've got to change the mindsets of the people in power. David Barrett chatting to us this morning. Thank you so much for your time. And yes, it is... Uh now a time for action and uh, you can contact Justine on 072-207-2584 or you can uh, chat to Vicky on 0214-460-567 and she will give you those details and it's it's about helping animals who are now also threatened by climate change threatened by habitat loss uh, the deserts are increasing the f- forests are being taken away and of course poaching which is which is one of the big things that uh, it, it's 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 a commercial industry and it uh, you know, it's it's a job, it's a work to go out there and go and poach, and it needs to be stopped. I look at uh, a number of rhino that have been poached, a number of uh, hippos that have been poached, and a number of smaller animals that are also being poached in and around. Uh, and it's a, it's a danger. The African continent has always has had this richness of wildlife and animal life, and that is uh, about to be uh, uh, placed in danger.